Welcome into Baltimore Sports today for Thursday, October 4th, 2018. This is episode 431. I'm Zach Wilt, joined as always by my good pal, Jabby Burns. How are you, Jab? I'm so glad, Zach, to be back. Uh, love, love doing the pod. Um, what a night uh, last night was for the Caps, too. Just before we get in, we're going to talk Orioles, obviously, yes, and talk sir. about Buck. But just the, the basically culmination, Zach, of a fantastic summer. One of the best summers I've been a part of as a, like, a team that we really, really root for. It's kind of nice to have that in town. And the way they did it down uh, at Capital One Center uh, Arena or whatever they're calling it now, just fantastic. And to start the way the game, the way they started, Zach, just just gets you back into that mode. I know that there's 119,000 games. And as Joe Beninati pointed out, who's fantastic on, uh, on the call, he said, there's 80, there's 85, what is it? 85 games to figure out till you really start defending your cup. Right. So you got to get into the playoffs and only three teams haven't made the playoffs after winning the Stanley cup. So hopefully the, uh, the capitals will get back in it and, uh, just a great ride, but, uh, just, just, just an amazing night to have that happen because I never thought you and I doing this as long as we have um, hadn't got to see that, and to see that go down was just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, super awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, they had uh, four shots on goals and uh, four shots on goal and two goals, uh, like super early up in this one. So, so that was awesome. Raising the banner was super cool. Did I think this they should just fly teams. by too? Dude, I mean, so oh fast. my goodness, it rolled by. I, I can't. I like. It seems like a few weeks ago we were watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, and and now the oh, yeah. the raising the banner and defending the freaking thing. Yeah, and it, it, it's unbelievable because we had probably one of the worst baseball seasons <laughs> as fans we could ever have, and usually yeah. those things drag on. But as you get towards the end of the year, you kind of remember all the stuff that happened back. I'll never forget that June seventh. Uh, you know, my my kid won his first championship. You know, as a baseball player that same night, and then the Caps win the freaking Stanley Cup in Vegas on uh, just an amazing run. So yeah, I'll remember that night, and then I got gout a couple nights later because I ate too much uh, pork and drank too much for the week. So that's just <laughs> let you know, friends out there, how old I am. I, I got gout this summer. Okay, go oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm burying the lead, Zach. I know I, I hate to bury. <laughs> early in the pod but listen it, it went away so just let everybody out there know i'm still okay i'm glad to hear that i'm glad you're glad you're doing better <laughs> that's why by the way we haven't done the pod in a while because i had the gout well thank goodness you're okay <laughs> you can go ahead there's your show title zach too gout that you can go ahead and put out. it's on there so, uh yeah talk uh, about burying oh, the lead well, uh so all right, so something else happened yesterday. Though. Yes, yeah, big news yesterday. Um, so the Orioles announced early in the day that uh, Buck Showalter would not be returning, uh, not only as manager, but really in any capacity with the Orioles, that he would not be, uh, be returning in 2019 or beyond. A few hours later, uh, they did the same with Dan Duquette, announcing that Dan Duquette uh, will not return to his role as executive vice president of baseball operations. Um, and really, you know, Jeb, we, we, we watched the last game. We saw, um, you know, an emotional uh, Buck Walter and his press conference and, and um, said farewell to Adam Jones. And then they, they kind of made it official uh, that this era in Orioles baseball has, uh, has come to a close, that we are, are turning the page on really what, what has been uh, a great era in Orioles baseball, one that made many people fall in love again with this team um in my mind it's viewed as, as quite a success the Orioles made the playoffs in three of five years during a span uh they, they had a several year span jab in which they were the American League's winningest team that was one of my favorite stats yep. uh where they had the most wins in the American League 
Uh, Buck Showalter was the 2014 Manager of the Year. He he took him to a wild card in 2012, which looking back, I think was probably my favorite season was 2012. Oh, um, I love what they 30. did in the playoffs in, in 2014, which was amazing. They won the division uh, and then a wild card again in 2016. They uh, unfortunately followed that with, with back-to-back uh, losing seasons in 2017-2018, worst record in Orioles history this year. Um, but another one of my favorite Buck stats is is Buck took over the team in uh, on July 29th, 2010. I I remember the day, very exciting day. Orioles were 32 and 73 that season so far when it, when he wow. took over. They went on to win 34 of their remaining 57 games. He's the only manager in MLB history to take over a team in August and have them win more games the remainder of the season than they had prior to him taking over, which is pretty remarkable. Um, so very, very great era. I'm, uh, I'm sad to see it come to a close. So why don't we start there? What was your reaction to hearing the news? We'll start with Buck, that uh, Buck Showalter would not be returning. Uh, was uh, First of all, that's fantastic summarization of, of his career and everything else from not a fan's perspective, but also somebody that follows the game, too, and knows how important he is to, um, just just in general to the game. Um, I was not completely shocked. There was rumblings. I know the uh, Nightingale thing came out. You, I, and uh, Pat Guth at 321. Does Pat still have a Twitter? I think so. All right. So, Pat, give Pat Guth 321. You know, talk about the Mets. He'll give you a follow. Uh, we were all in, like, a group chat talking about it. He sent something, and um, I kind of ran it up the flagpole to some people. And, yeah, there was this thing, and then there was one back and forth, and we kind of tried to figure out. So I think that was the first kind of inclination that we had a pretty good idea that somebody's actually talking about this. That's a couple weeks ago. Then we right. had everything that happened um, this past Sunday at Camden Yards. And one thing I will say – Zach is that 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 day again another tip of the cap to, to Buck Showalter for basically knowing that pretty have pretty good idea. I mean the guy knows a lot of things. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty good idea who wasn't coming back. He made that whole day about Adam yep, and sure what did. a fantastic. He did not once try to like you know. And I understand there was plenty of people in the stands who were there and understanding that Buck was probably not being you know being brought back but still that thing was about adam the way he played him center field the way that he brought him off at the right time i mean he even did that for for machado people don't really know about when machado came out in his last game he actually brought him out for not only everybody kept saying it was for the dodgers yeah i brought him out because he knew he was being traded that day plus the field was a little bit you know different that manager takes care of players better than any manager will ever will i don't know what else to tell you about it from the bullpen for a way that way he works his bullpen the way he communicates with his guys um, the part to me when I, when I heard the news officially, it hurt just because our relationship with the family and, and the, our relationship with Nate and our relationship with just what he's meant to the Orioles, Zach, I think is also was, you know, kind of not, I'm not going to even come close to something along the lines of family, but somebody that's a friend, I, I would consider us all pretty good friends. Um, so it's hard when anybody loses, it loses a job. He didn't get fired by the way. Yeah. Right. Just wasn't renewed. Okay. That, right. that same thing with Dan too. They just weren't their contracts were renewed. And right. there's some other people. Let's not, let's not forget some of the people like the scouts. And, you know, you, you pointed out something in our pre-show talking about that, you know, we're coming, they're going to come look for somebody outside the organization to bring yes. in. Yeah. Guess what? That means all those scouts, all those people that have been there, all those guys that have, grinded with Buckshow Walter and Dan Duquette during this great run that the Orioles have had, this renaissance, if you will, are all going to be gone too. You know, their their contracts are up at the end of October. The last check comes in December. I mean, just it's just not one domino that usually falls. But um, when it results to, to um, Buckshow Walter, I, I'll never forget how ironic, Zach, 
the Delman Young game was the day that Buck Walter was not renewed. Uh, and Dan Kett for the same thing. Just a weird coincidence. Because yeah. yeah. I was seeing that come up, pop up on my timeline um, you know, yesterday. And I was like, God, I remember what a day. I remember taking the kids out. I just remember everything about it. And, um, you know, that kind of happens. It really, really, to me, cemented that it was an end of an era. And I'm not going to give the <laughs> the credit to the Angelos boys for, to know that that's what happened and why, why they did it. I think it's just they did a really good job of not letting it linger, taking care of it, as, 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 you know, in a timely manner so they can start looking into what should go on. Um, I will say this. This shows that the torch is completely passed from uh, Mr. Angelos to the kids. I, I think this was – everything that they the, the kids have done have shown that they're in, tra- in charge of this organization. So it will be interesting because you can't just go with a blueprint now from Mr. Angelos with what he would normally do, Zach. You have to look about now. It's kind of a wild card situation. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. I just know that it's going to be a completely different look from the Baltimore Orioles, definitely communication-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. Yeah, we mentioned end of an era, and, and it's really, you know, it, it marks a, a big day for the organization as well, because this is not really how the organization has operated in the past, like you mentioned. Um, so, what did you think? You know, we talked about the reaction to, to Buck not returning. What did you think of the, of the decision that was made? To let him go? Yep. I think at this point, it probably was, regardless if they lost 115 games or whatever it was, I stopped counting. Um, it was one of those things where maybe it was time because both of them were up, even if it was just a 96 loss season, right? I don't think the wins mattered as much as maybe they were thinking of it from this point of view. We're start, we're taking over the team. It's us starting this thing. It's almost from the ground up. And that's why I think, Zach, that the reason why they didn't keep Duquette in the end is because I think they're thinking, all right, well, let's start right from the ground up. Let's go. I think Brady's going to be the only holdover of anybody within the, the front office, to be quite frank with you. I would love to see John Russell get a shot at that job. He's really close to Buck, and I, and I know that he would have a tough time maybe taking it. I guarantee Buck would tell him, you get you get a chance to get an MLB job. You don't care who, you know, you don't care what it is. You'd go ahead and do it. Um, but I know that John's really um, loyal to him, and he's had some job interviews here and there. I just, I just think, Zach, it's going to be a complete and total overhaul. And the, my, my biggest question coming out of this, and I think it was your father who put it on our uh, text party last yesterday, goes back to the scouting for me it always goes back to that because everybody that keeps saying we're the 2014 you know astros we're not we're definitely not the 2014 <laughs> astros by yeah. the way because we don't have those players that they went out and, no. and got nor do we have the uh graphics they went out got because the international yeah. signing i like the idea that we're sending everybody down to see victor 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 but i my question <laughs> is zach who are they sending down and, and you know g unit pointed that out like who are they sending down there right who's going down to do that is brady going down there listen i love brady to pieces brady's a mouthpiece and a figurehead that's it yeah he's not he's not a scout so if you're going to take all these scouts and have them lose their jobs for this huge signing that we're supposedly the favorites on, which I totally disagree with, regardless of if we have the most amount of money, I think this guy understands he's a good enough player where wherever he goes, he'll get it. He'll get his chips. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're just not going to be the highest bidder per se. That's just I, I just can't see that happening. Um, but in the end, what are we doing? How, we got to start that offseason now. You talked about that, Zach, forever. Like I feel like we're the slowest organization when it comes to not only just making deals, but just even the minor deals. You know what I mean? Like just start now. And and I think this maybe at least 
gives them that a little bit of jump start starting this that early in October, not waiting till after the playoffs, not waiting till other things happen. And and I liked it the way they did it. They did it, it was wild card. It wasn't like some middle of a, a series type thing. They got yep. it done. They cut the cord on the same day. Let's go. Where are we going from here? And and hopefully it's a different communication. That doesn't mean to say that we're not sad that Buckshaw Walter's not here, nor were we sad when Nick Markakis was gone and when Adam Jones is going to be gone. But just part of the game. And and Nate said this to us years ago, Zach, and I'll never forget it. You're hired to be fired in baseball. Yeah. And, and it's a hack cliche, but I, that stuck with me forever. And we, you know, we, we talked about that yesterday. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, that's, that's completely true. And like you mentioned, uh, this was not a firing for, uh, for Buckshaw Walter. It's no. just, it was, Oh, he's not going to go contract. jobless for a while. There's going to be other nuggets we're going to bring up on this show too. That's going to be happening. He, let's just put it this way. He's coveted already by other organizations. Well, good. And I, I hope that is the case because I think he, uh, he deserves, um, you know, to, to continue. And, um, I'm incredibly grateful. Like I want to, I want to start by saying that I, I'm, I, remember the Orioles uh, pre-Buck Showalter very, very well. And um, I, I will look back very fondly on these years and just think about watching, you know, staying up late and watching these West Coast games that I used to just not care about at all because uh, I had had completely fallen back in love with baseball. And, and that's because of, of what Buck Walter was, was able to create in Baltimore. So I'm um, incredibly grateful. I wish nothing but the best for the guy. I think what he did in, in Adam Jones' last game, which was his last game, just speaks so much about the class that the guy has. Uh, and I, I can't sit here on this podcast and say enough good things about the guy. I, I, there's not enough words in my, my last Masson column, which was all about Buck Walter. There aren't enough words to say thank you uh, to the guy. I, I, I can't do it. It's not possible. So I'm very, very grateful for it. Um, with that said, I, I do think that this where the organization is at that uh, the news that they released yesterday is so far everything is right you know I, I think that this is the right move at this time for the organization I think that if they want to completely embrace a full rebuild and and that appears to be the direction that they're headed that every aspect of of uh, of the decision not to bring back Showalter and Duquette uh, has been correct in my mind, including the uh, the the fact that they are going to look outside the organization. Um, actually, they said they will hire an executive from outside the organization to lead baseball the baseball operations department, which I think is um, a very big, maybe overlooked part of this whole thing. Uh, that is quite possibly what I'm most excited about here. Um, to answer your question, as far as you know, who's handling things? Uh, they announced that director of player development Brian Graham, who's uh, currently under contract, will handle He's day-to-day awesome. oversight of baseball, the baseball operations department in the interim. Um, he came to the Orioles in 2007, and he has some interim GM experience with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So he is a guy that uh, the Angeloses have decided is, is going to lead things until they make that outside hire. So that's great. I know you know a lot more about the front office and and scouting than I do. Um, So getting your blessing on that makes me feel even better about the decisions that they're making so far. I 
I love the Brian Graham being elevated. And it's not that Brady – it goes back to what I said earlier. Brady just doesn't know those kind of things. Brady really is the guy who does contracts. Brady did the the Chris Davis deal. Brady did the O'Day deal. But I'm, and I'm not bringing up the bad ones. I'm just bringing up the ones that <laughs> we have, right? These are what happened, right? Um, and Brady's done some good things too. I'm not saying he hasn't. And and I've been kind of gone back and forth on Brady. I think sometimes he sticks his face or his – sometimes Brady should just stay out of the locker room if he's going to be the – you know. Uh, on the front office side, and then so you know he wants to kind of muddy the waters both ways. But whatever, he, I think he'll be fine. I think he's going to be a figurehead. I do think that Brady's going to be within the organization. He's well liked by um, you know John and Lou and, and by the Angelos. He was, he's they always kind of laugh and say he's the you know the fourth son. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Brian Graham is somebody that is a baseball grinder, and, and um, I, I'm really happy that if he's the guy that they're sending down to um, see Victor, Victor, Victor. I'm totally good with it. I, I'd be cool. happy with it. Good. He would be. He's just well liked from with everybody within the scouting department. He he knows his stuff, and he's somebody that I'm glad that they put in charge. I'm interested to see how how um, Rock phrased that too. You know, he the way he said it. You know, he announced the, all the different guys and their their name, their 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 title, but basically saying that Graham will handle the day to day operations of the baseball. I I'll say this. I hope Brian. I know they say they're going to go from outside. I hope Brian gets a fair shot to get that job because I think he's ready for it. All right. All right. Regardless um, of if it happens or not, I hope he at least stays around and gets a little bit more seasoning, and maybe he can work with somebody within that organization. It'd be tough to see another guy go because there's plenty of scouts Zach, that I know that are, you know, we're pretty close because I'm pretty sure uh, the guy that I can't pronounce his name up in Philly that uh, Andy's backup guy Klenick. Uh, Clintech, I'm pretty sure he'd be in the mix for this job here if he was there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he would. Um, as far as the scouts go, I mean, you're right. The new GM will make the decision on the scouts. Um, but in, in other organizations, when this sort of thing happens, you know, some of those scouts are let go, and then yep. it ends up being that a lot of them end up being rehired by uh, the the new GM, right? This is right. this is a matter of making sure that the new GM, whoever is in charge of baseball operations, is completely in charge of baseball operations. That means yep. hiring a manager. That means hiring scouts. That means hiring anyone you know who assists him, who's below him. Um, and and I think that that's the right approach. It, it's you know it unfortunately is is kind of life in baseball, right? Um, like you said, yep. you're, you're hired to be fired. Um, but I think that that is the right way to go about this, uh, given where the Orioles are right now. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that the general manager, whoever it might be, could also should be in complete charge of who he wants to hire. He or she, by the way, we could say that too. Yeah, he or true. she wants yeah. to hire as their manager. Because yeah. I think this manager situation, when everybody keeps talking about all these, bringing back all these Orioles, you can bring back Brooks Robinson, you can bring back Eddie Murray, and you can bring back whoever you want to go ahead and be kind of figureheads and, and some people of the organization. I think it's well overdue that all those guys get that within the organization. But don't bring me back a guy just because he's part of the organization. He thinks right. he's funny and he's pretty good on the radio. And I love Mike Bordick, and I'd say I, I, he's unbelievable. I don't want Mike Bordick as the next manager. I just yeah, don't. I'm agree. sorry. I like him, and I think he's fantastic, and I know just in surrounding areas about him playing – his son playing baseball. His son's a fantastic baseball player that dominated us last year on the on the, on the, on the, um, on the hill. <laughs> I just – I'm not – I don't think that Mike Bordick is ready. Nor do my – I don't think Mike Bordick wants it as much as his name's being out there. There's plenty of names out there that I, that I would be interested in. I wanted to ask you as the, the younger guy in this room, and I'm not even getting younger on this podcast, as you know. 
would you want to go younger manager wise, Zach, and, and go the analytics way and go the um, the way that a lot of these managers go, or do you want more of a guy, maybe a couple years, a even if it's and I know it didn't work out down in DC with with Davey, but like somebody along those lines who's been like a great bench coach for a manager that you respect. Um, you know, my main thing is that I want whatever the new gm wants you know good. i want them to be on the same page oh you mean you're a team player okay, and <laughs> I, I want the i you know I, I look like i said i look back on the the buck and dan era very fondly but clearly there was a rift there between between the two and what i want is for uh, a gm not to have that with a manager and a manager not to have that with a gm so that's the most important thing for me I'm not worried about age, but I definitely do want somebody that that values analytics. I think that's a, a very important yep. part of this. Um, and I'm also okay with going with somebody who doesn't have the experience because whoever ends up being the guy is going to get, uh, you know, in my mind, a few years of experience managing a team that doesn't have any expectation to win for a couple of years, you know? Yep. Um, so I'm okay with letting the manager grow as the team grows too and understanding that that's a part of of this process as well um this is a long process i'm not expecting you know i i'm going to be okay looking at some decisions by whoever the new manager is and saying ah that wasn't the right decision as long as that manager is growing as the team grows no i think you're absolutely right and it it would be i I like from the beginning what you said was i'd like what the gm would want right like so if you're gonna give but but who's gonna get the power right like some certain teams like i don't know do you think every team's general manager has all the juice over the manager um i think that's the way it's supposed to work yeah (laughs) yeah no i know but i'm saying that what managers would you say has like would joe madden have more juice over the epstein no right I don't know. I mean, I think his. I think that his opinion. It's also kind of funny talking about Joe Madden right now, given given the yeah. state of the Cubs. Um, they but, lost, the Cubs lost. That's weird. <laughs> twice. Twice at home. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. and uh, Pat. Yeah, here's a second shout out for Pat. Uh, Pat three two one on Twitter. He was fist pumping in the air by oh, doing yeah. this too. He, nobody likes watching <laughs> Joe Madden struggle more than Patrick. <laughs> It's, he thinks he like plays too. I love it. Um, it's uh, no, I'm with you. I'm just was wondering if there's anybody like because I feel like like a Tony Larusa would you know back when his heyday yeah. he kind of had more. But there's no managers like that out there. I really. think that I, era's over. Well, and, yeah. and I think you know it. It sort of should be like <laughs> like I yeah. I don't think that that's the right approach to baseball in 2018, 19, and beyond. You know. Um, and that's fine. And I understand that that worked in the past and that's great, but that's, you know, the game changes, the game evolves and you've got to stay on top of it as best you can. Um, and, and in my mind, you know, having a a duo that views the game through the same lens, uh, is incredibly important. So that's why I think if they go with a GM that has a little yard jam or something, I think that GM is going to go with the guy that he feels like he can be because the, listen, listen, the GM wants to be, Yeah, it is. But doesn't the GM want to like the GM wants to do a good job? His good job is maybe getting a great manager too, right? So if he yeah. feels like he's got the right manager, it makes him look good too. 100%. Right. So everybody wants to do great yeah. at their job, right? So whoever he hires wants to do great to show that I was better than so and so who didn't get the job. Just like I mean, just it's in all aspects of life. So that's why I'm wondering if if 
whoever is the GM, if it's a younger GM, I could see him going younger, right? He doesn't want to drag, sure. he wants to get somebody who, you know, is an old, like John Gibbons isn't coming in here. You know, no. I think nope. he's a buffoon, but I just think that like he, you know, that could happen. Speaking of, I wouldn't be shocked, Zach, if our guy, Buck Showalter, is collecting some checks from people up at the Molson area up there in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the way uh, Toronto <laughs> operates, right? Yeah, well, I mean, they, they've tried to get everybody else from us, so mm-hmm. I would just be very interested. What about Dan? That Dan. <laughs> oh, my God, how great would that be if they hired <laughs> Buck and then they just hired Dan out of nowhere? It'd just uh, be, oh, God. He'd quit. I swear to God, he would quit in a heartbeat. Oh, my um, But here's the thing is with managers, and hired to be fired is, is a perfect example is of how it happened in Minnesota. Paul Molitor won the, I'm pretty sure, won the Manager of the Year Award last year, right, Zach? Was that last year? Pretty no, sure Paul Mulder won the Manager of the Weir Award, right? We'll get a producer to check that out. But I'm pretty sure that happened. He was let – not no, no. He wasn't – you know, his contract wasn't up. He was fired <laughs> this year. And they didn't lose 115 games or whatever it is the Orioles lost. He did so, win last year. You're right. I mean, that is just, just acid. And, it's tr- and by the way, it's Minnesota. No one would know – if he got fired or not, right? Like, I mean, no offense <laughs> no to Paul or Minnesota, no one would know, right? So it's like thought you had to, you know, get rid of him. Um, I don't know. It, it's an interesting thing in baseball, but you look at the teams that are in the playoffs, Zach, and you look at the managers that are there. It's going to be a former player. It's going to be something along those lines. I'm telling you right now, Zach. I'm putting my hat in the ring for one Mark DeRosa. I'm very, very interested to see if he gets any juice with the Orioles. I don't want to see this. I can promise you what I don't want to see. I don't want to see Cal Ripken come in as the president. And I do not yeah, want to see either. coming in as – and then Brady. And you bring in – you might as well just bring in David Segui too. I mean if you're just going to go bring back every single Oriole that are all bros together. I mean you've already brought Rich Amaral back. I'm not sure Rich Amaral knows anything about Scott, but he's one of the scouts that have been brought back too. They've already gone out and went – I think they brought in Bobby Witt's cousin, the guy who might be the first pick in the draft or his uncle to scout as well. So there's just a lot of nepotism going on within the organization. Let's just, as Zach said, go out and find the best possible candidate. Yep. Yep. I like, uh, I, I like the approach so far. I'm, you know, optimistic. It's going to be a long, long haul. I mean, uh, the, this team, I, I kind of feel like this team's going to be bad for as long as Chris Davis is under contract. Oh. Um, <laughs> People start a countdown like at, at Camden Yards with like his ca- how many days you have contract. Put it on the warehouse, like, yeah. like Cal's so count. Bad. Yeah. So bad. Uh, yeah. He's so bad. It's, um, it's, mm. it's hard to see them being competitive while having mm. the, the weight around their neck of Chris mm. Davis's contract. Mm. Deferred money, Zach. Where's that deferred money we've been talking about? We have that. Is that out there? So, a uh, couple of things uh, before we wrap. I want to ask you. Um, yeah, the caps what, are good. Go ahead. The cap, yeah. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> how did this go down? Can you can you fill Ooh. me in on that? Yeah. And then what is next for Buck? Can you fill me in on that? Oh, I like that. Uh, how did the Buck thing go down? Yep. How did it go down? So yesterday at a well, first at about six o'clock. On I guess it would have been Tuesday night, Buck got a call and said from maybe Greg Bader maybe I would guess it'd be probably Bader um, said can we can you come into the office early on Wednesday and from what I was told Buck said well I'm I'm leaving for Dallas I have a flight you know you know long story short so he was brought down 
um, to the warehouse, and he went down there on his way to the airport to go to Dallas. He was a planned trip. It wasn't like he was just trying to skip town or anything. He was going back to his house in Dallas, and he was brought up to the uh, warehouse, and him, John, and Lou were in there in the meeting. I don't know anybody else who was there, but just the two of them as far as I know, and they kind of went back and forth, told them the, what they, with the way they were going. I know that um, you know Buck asked twice within, within that time, Diz – you know, is Dan coming back? And they, and they did not comment, which I have to say two things. One, you don't talk about somebody else at the new, you know, at your employment's job, right? So that's that's fine. There's no reason for them to have to give him an answer. I was wondering if Dan, he was asking him that to see if he, if he wanted to stay in another capacity, right? Like say mm-hmm. they thought about bringing it back. But anyways, it turns out that they just, they just couldn't come to any type of terms or anything. They just said, okay, thank you for your services. And then Buck jumped the, jumped the flight and was off to Dallas by the middle of the day. Um, what was the second question? Was so let me follow with that one first. Was there any I mean, was there any conversation before Tuesday about this? I mean, it, it certainly obviously the reports had come out from uh from Bob Nightingale and I think Ken Rosenthal was on it too before the season had ended. Was there any conversation before no. Tuesday? He heard, really? No. From what you know, what Nate said. I mean, there there was no conversation had within anybody. There was no talk. There was no, you know, so the, the, the reports that were out there were based on information that maybe, you know, Nightingale had gotten from Dan, who I guess he's close with Dan. So there's, you know, everybody has their camps, too. Like, there's certain guys that you talk to. I mean, you remember working in radio. There's certain yep. guys that will talk, and there's certain guys that won't talk, and there's certain guys that feel comfortable talking to certain guys. And, you know, Buck has the same guys. I mean, if Rosenthal says something, I usually go, oh, well, that seems yep. about right, yep. whatever. I will say this. Rock and Eddie and, and Britt and all everybody that covers the Orioles, Rich Duba, everybody, they did a fantastic job of holding it and keeping it in their pants, too, because I think they had a pretty good idea based on being there on an everyday basis being in some of those rooms and, and not being able to say the things that they want to because listen they're they're employed by the team too right, right? so it's hard for them um they did a fantastic job this year with everything that went on i i, I will say this it, it was an awful year if you're an oriole fan it was and you know this it was brutal just was. to go through and, and see what happens um because even you know when nick left it was hard but nick left after we you know went on that monster run right so mm-hmm. The, the difference here with Adam and everything, and we could we could do a whole podcast, and maybe we will talk do a whole podcast on just what Adam meant to this organization. But um, I just just everything that that guy did to the day that Cedric Mullins was brought up, I'll never forget being in Fort Lauderdale Airport, coming back from Cancun, and seeing that he said, you know. I'm happy to move for this guy. Like just, just the things that that guy meant to this organization. Yeah. Two class acts leaving the Orioles after just bringing us out of the dog days, Zach. Or maybe what I'm focusing on more than what's going to happen in the future. Because I feel like sometimes we get lost in what's going to happen next. Right. And I feel like sometimes we should just sit and just kind of enjoy it. And, you know, I think everybody has. They outpoured. I listened to 105.7, the fan today. It was fantastic. Everybody was out there with Buck. I mean, listen, you can disagree with all the things. You can disagree with the Britain thing. You can disagree with a lot of different things. And that's what should happen as a manager. Second guess. That's what you do. But in the end, did he bring you back to loving the Orioles again? Oh, yeah. yeah I think he yep. did. Um, so my next question was, what what's next? I mean, I don't know. You know better than me. I, I, I mean, I don't know what those guys are. I have, I've, I truthfully have no idea. My guess is as quickly as they've been kind of working this thing and getting it done, my guess is they're going to start interviewing people and maybe be 
proactive. I know it's a weird word for the Orioles, but they actually might be proactive. I mean, they're they're telling you now. They're they're communicating at least. I mean, they came out Zach a month ago or a month and a half ago and said we're into we're into analytics now. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like it was a weird deal. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't have said that, but it's fine. I'm glad you said it and admitted it. But like, they're like trying to get in the game the way the other teams are, and maybe you know, maybe the. the Maybe it might be good that the, the you know the kids are involved. I, maybe I, I have no idea. I, I really hope that um, they do what you said. Go out, find the best candidate. Don't worry about whether he played in Baltimore. Or he has a cousin that lived in Baltimore or anything. Let's yeah. just kind of like let's throw all that like yeah, Orioles fans really out. need to get over that God, stuff. Really like, got to like stop. Cal's not going to buy the team. He's not going to be the no, GM. No, Mike no. Bordick's not going to be the manager. Like get over it. Get over it. It's fine. Well, okay, they might. They they might Zach, they, but that might happen. But that might. Mean, that's the right answer. <laughs> I know it's it's yes. the wrong answer. It's yes. fine. I mean, it's I love I love those know, guys. I love they just seeing, be guys that you love and they come to the exactly. game. Exactly. I yeah, love yeah. seeing Brooks sitting next to Adam Jones uh, on yes. the on the last game. Like I think that's amazing. I like seeing you know all these guys out there. I love seeing Jim Palmer talking to pitchers before the game. That doesn't mean that in 2018 these guys should be a GM or a manager, you know, or, or, you know, even have more involvement past that. I think they should, they should be involved in the organization. They should be represented. They should be honored. They're, you know, baseball operations is different though. It's, it's a different beast. So it's fine. It's, that's good. They should be looking outside. It should be somebody who doesn't have deep roots in the organization, you know? Yeah. I would say if I were them, I'd go out and get a cap scout. <laughs> there you go yeah there you no, go. i listen it, it, you know in closing here on this whole deal um it's sad that you know buck's not going to be here i'm going to miss the uh the nose whistle like man love that <laughs> thing every single time he used to do that i told <laughs> told my wife i was like it's great I, i'll miss the walmart jackets that he wore that weren't team <laughs> issued uh you know I'll miss him talking in circles, but understanding every single minute of everything uh-huh. he was saying from yep. a you know coaching standpoint on my side, it's just all well learning all those things out. And, yeah, and 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 just knowing that every single day that the ball club that I rooted for was always prepared, yep. and knowing that the the pitching was prepared, knowing that like no, and that's the one thing I will say that having a you know a calm and old time uh, you know whatever you know, red ass managers that you have out there that everybody wants these young guys, those guys are pretty damn prepared. And regardless if they use iPads and regardless that they use tablets or whatever, those guys know what they're doing. And, and they're there. It starts all the way back in, you know, late February, early March. You know what I mean? Like that's where those guys have seen it. And that's where they understand. And sometimes the eye test works. I, I agree with you. I think there needs to be a combination of both, but um, you know, I just say this. Thank you, Buck Showalter. Thank you, Showalter family. Thank you for everything that you yes. did to turn around a uh, organization that really needed it. Yep, absolutely. I echo that right there with you, uh, man. All kinds of good memories. Not to mention, did anybody represent the city better than than Buck Showalter? I mean, my goodness. No. I mean, he. he no, I don't think anybody understood the city of Baltimore like like him. So uh, that's that's a big part of it too. Yeah, you were at the riot game. Yep. Yep. I mean, so. you'll never you'll never forget that. I know that. Nope. Absolutely. And, I of, loved when he said. I loved what Buck said during that time. I, I, you want me to put their, myself in those shoes? I yep. can't. I can't yep. put myself in uh-huh. their shoes. <laughs> Just the perfect answer, yeah. you know. Yeah. What do you think Givens would have said? He. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
He would have been after he after he got his bubble. Uh, yeah, bubble I was gonna say he would have been munching on gum. I don't know. <laughs> oh man. So. Well, good stuff. Um, yeah. I'm I'm glad we uh, we got to chat yeah. about this era, Jabby Burns, because it um, it's something we we've talked pretty much throughout the whole era. We started right? this so. podcast basically. Well, for me, I jumped on this pod with the, with you and Lundy and uh, yeah. Pat. Yep. Went basically, Buck came aboard uh-huh. and. Uh, you know, it was a fantastic run. And again, we'll still go. Well, I'll say this: 2012 was the most the best team. Incredible listen, the team is great, but 12, 31 and nine in one run games. I'll never. I mean, it was unbelievable. Incredible. Yep, I had a blast that year. Just a blast. Mm. So, loved it. Loved it. All right, Jabby Burns. Always good talking to you, my friend. You too, pal. For Jab, I'm Zach. Thanks for listening to Baltimore Sports today. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>